Hello, friends. Welcome back to Podcast Parables, a place where we bump into stories from the Bible, creatively exploring and interacting with them in a way that encourages us to go deeper into the Word. I'm your host, Courtney Lee, and I'm just delighted that you're here. I hope you had a great week and were encouraged to find story in the ordinary. Just a reminder that God didn't just pen great stories in the canonical 66 books of the Holy Scriptures. He's still in the business of writing great stories today, in the lives of those around you and through your very own. We're all our own variations, but each one of us is a page turner for sure. Could God be asking you to share your own story with someone this week? As Sam Collier says, when our story connects with God's story, it becomes a greater story. And friends, great stories are meant to be told. Today on the pod, we get the privilege of meeting a woman, a daughter, a prophet, found in Acts 21. She's a delight, and I hope you enjoy peeking into her story. Oh, hi there. Sure, I'd love to tell you my story. As you know, my dad is Philip. Philip the Evangelist, if you want to get pretty specific. (laughs) But everyone just calls him Phil. He's never met someone he doesn't like. Never met someone he can't have a conversation with. Never met someone he didn't leave with the story of Jesus. We never got anywhere on time. (laughs) There were just too many people to talk to. We were always taught to be aware and ready for whomever Yahweh God would put in our way. It wasn't something that was forced, if you were wondering. We believed every person in our path was on purpose. It was a family affair. We were all on board. My earliest memories are of me toddling around Jerusalem, never far from someone who was looking after me. Dad was one of the seven men put in charge of taking care of the widowed population there, making sure the food disbursement was fair and equal. And boy, oh boy, those widows loved us girls. First there was only one of us babies, but then very quickly there were four. We had so many aunties and grandmammies who just loved us so. Daddy's job was to figure out the specifics. Our job was just to love. We left the city, though, after the stoning of Stephen. So most of my young childhood, I grew up in Samaria, watching Daddy teach and serve the young church there. These are some of my most cherished memories. The people there were ablaze with passion, excited to do the work of the Lord. They had seen Jesus firsthand. They reminded us often of the exact spot where Jesus sat on our ancestor Jacob's well, which house he slept at those two days he stayed with them, and always, always pointed out the Samaritan woman who had been responsible for bringing Jesus to them in the first place. She was one of my favorites. So uh, vivacious and kind, always willing to chat with me and retell the story of her encounter, reminding me that Jesus was for me. He loved me and he had a good plan for my life. She always left our conversations by closing with this. Worship in spirit and truth, little one. Keep drinking that living water. Never stop 
and neither will he. <laughs> Danny did a lot of traveling during this time, explosive with the desire to tell all about God's great plan unfolding right before us. Jesus was he. There were so many who were confused and wrestling with what they had always been taught, with the reality of what had happened within their lifetimes. I always begged to, to go with him. I never wanted to miss one minute of what God was going to do. I was young still, so mama usually made me stay put. But the trip I really, 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 really wish I was on was when Papa got to meet the treasurer from Ethiopia. Oh, how I wish I could have sat in that carriage with them, listening in to the words he was reading from our prophet Isaiah, hearing Daddy explain that those words foretold the story of Christ, seeing the eunuch respond with, I believe, I believe, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. <laughs> them calling for the carriage to stop exactly near some water of course and papa going out and baptizing him right then and there oh, i just wish i got to see it with my own eyes i suppose a dramatic retelling from papa and a standing invitation to meet the queen of ethiopia anytime we're in the area will have to suffice okay <laughs> daddy preached his way to caesarea and sent for us to join him there. This is where I began drinking the living water for myself. I could no longer rely on my father's calling. God had ignited his own plan for my life and called me to come alongside my dad's ministry with my own. My father had a passionate desire to see people saved and God gave my sisters and me the passionate desire to see them grow in their knowledge and understanding of God and his teachings, to live a life worthy of their calling. It wasn't easy. We often had to speak difficult truths to difficult people, including ourselves sometimes. I knew what God was asking me to do with my life. It was very clear but it wasn't easy and there was a boy I, I, I don't I don't want to make this about him but it, it's important daddy having only girls always told us that he wanted us to have a voice and input in who we took an interest in yes he and mom would ultimately make the decision seeking the Lord's will above all else but he wanted to know our desires as well if there was someone who caught our eye and a piece of our heart, he wanted to know about it. And there was one who did just that for me. My pulse quickened at his sight, my thoughts raced, my skin felt as if it were on fire. I prayed about it, trying to determine the truth amidst my feelings. I even mentioned it to Papa and he said he would be praying about it as well. I began to think about my life as a married woman, exiting the family and ministry and beginning my own. I looked down the road and tried to imagine what it would be like. Instead of feeling my soul settle into that picturesque scene, I felt unsettled and on edge. 
I saw this boy's handsome face and felt a physical desire within me, but I did not have a spiritual peace. Neither option was necessarily wrong, so I prayed for God to reveal his plan to me, for him to show me exactly what to do. Above all, I I wanted to be obedient to him. It became very clear very quickly that God was calling me to a life lived in service to him with more flexibility and freedom than having my own family would allow. Like I said, it wasn't easy. I was a young woman with the same inner desires as everyone else. I wanted to love and be loved. I wanted a child at my chest. I wanted what mama and papa had. But more than all of that, I wanted to be exactly what God designed for me to be. So I gave all those messy inside feelings over to the Lord and stepped forward in faith. He had called me to speak truth and that is exactly what I was going to do, hard or not. (laughs) At one point, we were blessed to host Paul and his team for several days as he traveled through on his way to Jerusalem. This was definitely a highlight, getting all the stories and reports of what God was doing around our world, what God was doing just to keep Paul alive. It confirmed and settled my spirit once and for all. This was God's plan. It was a privilege to join him in his work. Paul told us of his travels, his imprisonments, the riots, the different people he met and worked with along the way. One early morning, Paul joined me in the kitchen for tea as I was preparing some food for our morning meal. He looked tired and frail in the sunlight. I prayed for him silently while unwrapping the cheese. He gripped his cup of tea, staring out to the horizon. I didn't expect him to speak, but he did, quietly telling me that our house and our family, especially us four sisters, brought back memories of his family at home in Tarsus. He told me a few stories of him and his sister, how he missed her and wrote to her often, even sharing that he thought his nephew was in Jerusalem studying, another reason he was intent to get there. He then said something I will never forget. Gazing intently into my eyes, he said, my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about God's wonderful kindness and love. He finished his tea and smiled, thanking me. It was apparent he had given up some messy inside feelings as well for the sake of his own calling. Our good friend Agabus also came from Judea when he heard Paul was here with us. He arrived and in true Agabus fashion spoke strongly with a presence you couldn't miss. He took Paul's belt from his belly and bound his own feet and hands with it. Then in front of Paul and everyone else who had gathered shouted, Oh, Holy Spirit declares, so shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and turned over to the Romans. Everyone 
deeply respected Agabus, despite his dramatic approaches to most things. So this prophetic statement was quite alarming. We, we knew things weren't good, but we didn't expect Paul to be trekking in to his own death trap. Most tried to convince Paul to stay or to go another way, begging him to spare his own life. We all needed him. It got a little loud and passionate, everyone getting their own say. Paul listened, but responded with, Why? Why, why all this weeping? You're breaking my heart. For I, I'm ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but also die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. That certainly quieted the crowd. You, you could hear a pin drop. It was quiet for a few moments more, and then Daddy spoke. The will of the Lord be done. And shortly afterward, they packed up and left for Jerusalem. The work of the Lord in Caesarea continued. My sisters and I continued to do what God had asked us to do, committing ourselves wholeheartedly to him and to his work. And what was once a cusp of desire turned into more than I could have ever dreamt up or imagined. I found the one who did just that for me. When I was smack in the middle of God's will for my life, my, my pulse quickened, my thoughts raced, my skin felt as if it were on fire. I was whole and complete and being used for God's glory and greater plan. My life was worth nothing unless I was using it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about God's wonderful kindness and love. Oftentimes at night, when we are praying together as a family before bedtime, I end my prayers with this. And God, help us to always obey you, even if it's hard, no matter what. Amen. It's a reminder to myself and to my kiddos that sometimes obedience costs us something. Sometimes God, in knowing what's best for our lives and those around us, asks us to give up in order to grow up. In that exchange, our maturity deepens, our vision intensifies, and our faith develops. We begin to see setbacks as setups, to see people instead of problems, to see great gain be able to come from our gutsy generosity. Because Jesus, only in him and through him could something like that happen. And he is the exact reason I trust him with my story. He knows best. And like Phil's daughter, I also want to live a faithful life smack in the middle of God's will. more shout outs and thank yous to our friends Mackenzie Gordon of Restless Pursuit Creations and Ellie Powers, the creative wonders who were responsible for the graphic design and musical intro and exit respectively. 
They are both using the gifts God has given them in phenomenal ways. I would love it if you gave them a follow on Instagram and sent them a DM of appreciation. May God continue to use their stories for his glory. And a huge thank you to all of you listeners who have been faithfully following podcast parables from the very beginning. To think we are nearing the end of our first season is such a thrilling and amazing feeling. Thank you for being here. We have a couple of unnamed women yet to meet. And then we have three surprise bonus episodes. And then we will move on to our second season after that. God is so faithful and so good. I'm grateful to be able to share in this capacity and on this platform. May only his name be glorified and honored always and forever. With that, I say goodbye for now. Your podcast parables host, Courtney Lee. See you next week.